episode that we are doing uh, in a companion to our Ed Kemper episode and we weren't really able to include this due to the stake of brevity the other episode was almost an hour in length but I wanted to discuss what could have happened to Ed Kemper had he not gone through some of the things that he'd gone through in his life and had Ed Kemper existed in another generation how that would have changed who he was or what he did. Right. And we collaborated with some friends of mine. They have a podcast up in Canada called Occulte Veritatis. They're also kind of an odd cast like us. We have Ud Gallifrey and we have Sage Murray who are going to give some some commentary. We came up with a list of questions for them. Yes. And we're going to share their thoughts and give some of ours. Yes. So the first question we talked about, would would Ed Kemper have been a serial killer had it not been for the abuse of his mother? Let's hear from Sage and Ood and hear what they have to say. Hello, this is Sage Murray from the Occulte Veritatis podcast. Um, I was asked by Yergi and Druby to answer a couple questions about Ed Kemper. So, first question, would Ed Kemper have been a serial killer had it not been for the abuse of his mother? I'm pretty sure that he would have been, because he was just kind of a piece of shit. So, hello, I'm Ood from Occulte Veritatis Podcast, uh, just subbing in for the Misery Machine Podcast. Uh, they asked me to ask some, to answer some questions for them, and uh, we've done an episode on Ed Kemper at our podcast. You can get that at ovpod.ca, and, uh, I don't know, kind of a... A discussion to get us to really think about what's in the head of this guy. So, would Ed Kemper have been a serial killer if it had not been for the abuse of his mother? I don't know, it's it's that classic nature versus nurture thing. And the fact is, with psychology being in its infancy as a brand new science... We really don't know that much about the human brain, and the studies that have been done are often hard to replicate. It's still a science, but it's a shaky science, and you combine that with a relatively low pool of serial killers we've had to study and readily study, and we have to rely upon those people being honest in order to, c- to complete the studies correctly. I don't know if we can really rely on any source of anything turning anybody into anything else. Does abuse of a child turn somebody into a psychopath? Does abuse of a child turn somebody into a sociopath? Does abuse of a child turn somebody into a serial killer? I just, I don't think I have the proper information to make that call, but if I were to just blindly guess, I would say that it may have contributed. I think that abuse can begat abuse. I think it was really important, one thing that Ood mentioned, that psychology is a very young science. I mean, it was founded in 1879 by a German psychiatrist or psychologist, Wilhelm Wundt, I believe. And so you would think, oh, 1879, that's a long time. Well, not when it comes to science, especially science of the mind. The DSM has only had, it's on its fifth edition now. Yes. And so many things are changing. So many things are still being discovered. So no matter what we talk about in this, 
first and foremost, that needs to be stated. Psychology is a very young science. Not only that, it's very subjective in a lot of different ways. Like if you're talking about something that you can tangibly see within the body, that's one thing and things can be tested and proven. You know, you can't do a lot with the mind because it really, like he said, relates to people being honest with what's going on. Yeah, you can't them. you can't see thoughts. You can't right. slice open someone's brain and see their thoughts. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. I think I was going in a roundabout way of explaining <laughs> that. I, yeah. I, I just had to be a little grotesque to right. get the point across. So yeah, first and foremost, that has to be out of the way. So would he have been... I mean, Yergi, do you think that he would have been a serial killer? So I'm very much of the nature versus nurture type of you believe, mentality. You believe in nature over nurture? Yes. Well, okay. no, I don't. Not necessarily. So I don't. I think he would have been troubled. Yeah. He definitely had some troubles growing up. But I think if that were addressed and harnessed and he might have gotten help, he might not have been. Yeah. If he had like a supportive parents, like say his fa- his parents never split, you know, say he wasn't going to live with his grandparents or whatever. Or he had a good relationship with his mother. I mean, he talks about it in interviews and again, Ed could be full of shit, but if we take him at his word that he wanted a good relationship with his mother, what if he got that? Now, I don't want to put all of that on her. No, of but, course not. But if he did have that, would would that have changed, you know? Would he have felt the need to go kill people? Because you right. look at the the ways in which he has killed people and, and women being his primary MOs and the way that he talks about it, it really shapes up somebody that really has this resentment towards women and that definitely came from his mother's abuse right and i definitely want to like kind of preface this that this is definitely not like victim blaming we're not doing that but i want to really kind of deep dive this and kind of it's all speculation really right right no absolutely so when i was younger i was more of the like when i was studying psychology more in depth in school i was more of the nurture versus nature But now I'm taking a lot more stake in nature as I've gotten older. So clearly, and I mean, we mentioned the AMA with Ed Kemper's nephew that's on Reddit if you want to look it up. And he mentioned about how mental illness runs in his family and that how he himself, the nephew, had anger issues growing up, but he had a supportive family. So you just you just start to wonder there. Now, of course, there's many troubled people out there. There's people who grow up in shit situations all the time and they don't become serial killers yeah. or killers in general. Of course, you hear things about people snapping and, and, and killing people, but not to the extent that Ed did. So where is that line here? Right. Is, I think it's a very fine line. Yeah. I think he had all of the perfect formula to become a serial killer like he did. Yeah. I think if a few things have changed, he might just have grown up to be awkward. But that's just my take on it. Yeah, my hypothesis is, I mean awkward, but he was very socially capable. I, I don't, My hypothesis about serial killers, some serial killers anyway, because some serial killers are just literally born to kill and they're going to do it no matter what. And those seem like very rare people. And Again, I, I should preface, we don't have much, many data on serial killers, and most serial killers seem to exist in the United States that we do have data on. I believe that's true. The majority of serial killers that, that, we, have data da- on? that yes. we have data on exist in the United States. Right. My hypothesis is that with some people, they get all the perfect formula, as you called it, in the nature spectrum, and with the right nurture... I use right loosely here. The right nurture, you can unlock that and 
thus a serial killer is born out of that abuse or the wrong nurture rather that's what that's that's (laughs) why i said i use the term right loosely yeah um and again like i don't mean that to be victim blaming i'm I'm speaking purely from circumstance and what could have happened right and and like i believe ood also said we have to take him at his word on this stuff yes and i don't want to get into this because this is a further question this could have all been bullshit. Right, right. So I I wish I this wish is I, like just taking him at face value about what we know. Right. And I, I wish I had thought to ask Sage and Ood this. Was the abuse from his mother actually true? I don't know if his dad's ever truly spoken on Clarnell. So we don't have any other accounts of was this woman an awful woman? And I don't remember in the AMA if the nephew mentions anything about it. Now, obviously, the nephew wouldn't have known Clarnell, but maybe he would have heard stories. I know that the older siblings that were alive for that are tight-lipped about it. But you make a good point. We don't know. His mother might not have been this bad. It could have been all made up. So we're operating under the assumption that everything that Ed said about his mother is 100% true. Right. And Jesus. that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, let's 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 sum that up. So you believe that there was a perfect formula for nature there and that if Ed was correct about his mother, the nurture pushed it pushed to, that, it. to that point. However, if he would have had a, a good mom and I use that loosely because yes. we don't know. Right. Right. That he could have just grown up to be like an awkward person like you or I. Yes. Or an eccentric or he could have grown up to be a manipulative let's say he is a sociopath a manipulative sociopath but not one that kills he he easily could have been somebody like that sociopathic more than likely especially if the sociopathy was that of nature but a killer i just don't see it i don't know i'm mixed i'm gonna go with no you're gonna go with no that he would he still would have been a killer even with the no i think i think he might not have and the reason that I say this and, and people who are listening to this might think that I am just saying that, oh, I'm in a roundabout way. I'm saying his mother created this. Well, not really. You just look at data. There are so many sociopaths out in this world, but very few of them are killers. I don't think it's a stretch to to think that Ed wouldn't have been a killer. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm with you on that. OK, then. Next question. Number two, would he have killed if he had support systems through the internet? AKA, would millennial, what would millennial Ed Kemper have been like? That's tough. I think that millennial Ed Kemper probably would have still ended up killing people, but it would probably have been, his MO probably would have been different. Follow up, would the internet have fueled him all the same? Example, would Ed have been an incel? I don't know if he would have been an incel, but I do, maybe, I do definitely think that he would have found different ways to use the internet to kill. I don't think that it would have been much better. The internet is a gift and a curse. Uh, And there are lots of helpful websites out there that young Ed or millennial Ed may have been able to find and work through his issues with. He may have been able to find support groups or chat rooms that allowed 
like free expression of emotion and people like responding to it maybe he could have worked through some of his stuff with his mom and his abuse and his urges but just as readily he could have found one of the toxic communities on the internet that encourage behavior and encourage self-defeating and toxic behavior and it may have driven him farther into it and i think with most things i don't rely on internet therapy as proper therapy. I think going to a proper therapist who knows how to work through issues and knows how to listen and lay things out for you in a, re a reliable way is a little more reliable than uh, relying on uh, internet support groups to do it. Alrighty, number three. Would the internet have fueled him at the same time? Would Ed have been an incel? I don't think so. I don't think Ed would be like a self-defeatist incel. He didn't seem to kill out of loneliness or out of a hatred for women. It was more of a hatred of woman, of his mother from what he describes, if you believe him. Of course, if you don't believe him, then the source of his rage could very much be their perceived gender. He could very much have a hatred for women. That could very much be his motivation, if you don't believe him. And let's be honest here, Ed is a bit of a boaster. And I suspect Ed may also be a bit of a bullshitter. From all the interviews I've seen and from all the taped stuff that I've listened to, it seems like he really likes spinning a yarn. He really likes grabbing attention. He likes that spotlight being upon him. So I think he might be a bullshitter. So I guess the answer to number three is, depending on what his actual motivation is, he may be an incel. Maybe not the frustrated wants to get laid but can't incel, but definitely the hatred of women just because they're women kind of incel. Hey guys, we're excited to say that this episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Yergi, what is Podcorn? Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Right, so if you're listening and you have a podcast like so many of our listeners do, this is a great place to get money for doing a podcast. And it's been great so far. There's no middleman with this at all. You go through all of the companies that are offering sponsorships and you set your own price you name what your price is and you submit a proposal to them and if they like you you get the ad and i don't think there's anything better than that right and if you take a podcorn sponsorship you will still keep all your rights to all your podcasts so if you have a podcast what are you waiting for go check out podcorn click the link in the description to try it right now I think it's important that Ud clarified the difference in incel definition, whereas the one that I meant was the type of incel that just hates women. That's mostly what I meant, but he did bring up a good point in the fact that did Ed hate women or woman? And I think that's a fair thing to bring up since a lot of things, if you believe Ed. So I mixed on that. So if you believe Ed... Yes, I think he just hated his mother. But if Ed is spinning a yarn, as Ood put it so eloquently. A, a very good analogy. A very good or, analogy. Or figure of speech. I don't know. I, <laughs> Whatever. It's I, beautiful. I, I, I like it. I like I it. I loved it. Made me smile. Then it could be argued that, I don't know, He's maybe he's just a psychopath and not the sociopath that we thought. 
yeah, I mean, there's so many what ifs that go into this or so many things that you're forced to accept in order to entertain some of these arguments, such as was Clarnell really abusive? Was everything Ed saying about his mother true? Like, we just don't know. But at face value, if we if we take Ed at his word, Mm -hmm. I think that Ed could have potentially become a woman hating incel, but I don't think he'd be the couldn't get laid type of incel because Ed had very good social skills. Ed had relationships. They weren't really documented. Like I didn't know about that engagement. I think that Ed could have gotten himself into a relationship, maybe even been a pickup artist. I don't know. So would he have, would have, would he have been a serial killer if it wasn't for the internet? You know, there was this Ted talk that I saw a while ago that was like, I was almost a school shooter. You know, I, I think of people like that, I think of people I knew that were so close to snapping or felt they had to do something drastic due to extreme pressures in society. These people weren't exactly sick, but given their environment, they felt they had to do something in order to survive. Now, I don't think that was Ed's case. No, because I think like, you know, for example, a school shooter, that's more of a spree killer mentality where it's it's quick and usually ends in them killing themselves yes in most cases ed was more of the long game yeah no for sure i mean that that's the textbook difference between spree killer and serial killer and now that begs the question would ed have been a school shooter no he would not have been so you think of the different mentalities in those people and and what that does to the internet so you think of eric harris and dylan claybold of the columbine shootings how the internet fueled them And I don't really think the internet was something that made them shoot up their school. It just gave them a place to kind of hang out and make really cool Doom maps and listen to KMFDM or some shit. But they would have done it regardless, in my opinion. In my opinion as well. So then Ed here, who, if we take him at his word, has all of has this really awful home life. Would he have been able to escape to the internet? and find some sort of support system that would have taken him out of this. I think it depends on which era of the internet. You okay, so let's let's go through them. So there's the one that I did not grow up in, unfortunately. I wish I was exposed to this, but that's the BBS era and for those that don't know, CompuServe, Prodigy, things like that that had text interfaces with very limited graphics that basically linked you to these BBS boards. They were basically message boards of the 80s. Those had very rabid and supportive communities. And would I have seen Ed getting into something like that or being kind of a tech head? I mean, maybe, but that stuff was so inaccessible then and computers were way more expensive back then compared to what they are now. To get a mid-range computer back then, it was like a few thousand. Now you can build a top-of-the-line computer for half that price. I can't really speak on that era, but if we go into the era in which we were in... I grew up in the AOL era. Right, AOL. I didn't have AOL personally, but I had AIM. I had access to chat rooms. It was the chat room era, I'd say. You know, I had Yahoo Messenger. I had ICQ. I had MIRC. I went to different chat rooms. What was great for me as a very young kid during this period of time was, especially in a very small and secluded town where everybody has the same type of mentality 
you got to be exposed to many other different types of people from many different backgrounds, from many different parts of the country, parts of the world, and many different ways of thinking. Just having access to people like that made you feel less alone. When you would normally feel like the town that you lived in was as big as the world got, you knew that when you went online, there was more to life than that. So do I think that he could have found some type of support system there. I think he could have, but it's provided that he wasn't born psychopathic and with this desire to just murder regardless. So where I fell into a lot of this, I definitely went to different chat rooms. I had AIM. We started off with AOL. I usually went into like more of the teen or like main based chat room. Sometimes I'd go into the gaming ones and just I'd watch what people were doing. Yeah. But what I did a lot when I was a teenager in this type of era is I built up my personal web page. I had an Angel <laughs> Fire and I had a GeoCities and I linked up with people by checking out. We were all kind of like linked up in like a little network, I guess you could say. It was kind of like an early, I don't want to say like MySpace or anything. But it's kind of what it was. Yeah, I mean, all you could do back then was build your own web page. And what was weird back then is that nobody knew about SEO or anything like that. I had my own GeoCities page. And what was weird is, like, I had a guest book and just random people would come on there. And I was just like, how do people find something like this? I still don't know. Well, we would all have banners. We'd have a page on our page that just linked all of our pages together through banners and we'd trade them. Oh, yeah. The the links section of yeah. my web page and check out all my friends' other sites. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. That's how we did it. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. So, I, I didn't really have that network, so to speak, but... Right. So, you know, maybe Ed could have gotten into something like that and networked with people that way if he didn't find these forums. I don't know. I mean, they are their own form of forum, just more personalized. I mean, it really also depends on the age that he was, because I started with chat rooms. You started with chat rooms, but I was eight years old, seven or eight years old when I first started with chat rooms. Yeah, I I was in middle school. and, And I'm sure people listening who have young kids would think that eight years old is way too young for a kid to be on on the internet. But at the time, it practically saved my goddamn life. And then I ended up in the MySpace era in early high school, mm-hmm. I think. And that that's a whole different beast, but also a very helpful one. So I think at what age would this have been more impactful for Ed? Which of these things at what age would have been best to experience? Because some people didn't get the MySpace era until their mid-20s. And would that have been as formative compared to having the MySpace era when you were 15 or 16? So I don't know. Here's where I don't know about this. I think Ed would have been better with your early stuff that you talked about, as well as the AOL, we'll call the AOL era. Okay. I don't think that he would have done as well through the MySpace Facebook era of like so the age of social media, we'll call that. Due to the fact that everyone's living this fake life, people seem inaccessible and they're trying to blow themselves up. I think that would have been very unhealthy for Ed. And I think that would have fueled a hatred for women. I can see that. Uh, as, now, he hasn't said anything. You know, there's a lot of killers that talk about their hatred of humanity and their hatred of fake people. That seems to be a thing that comes up a lot. But Ed's never said anything like that. But I also think Ed just never got presented with anything like that. He was he lived in a secluded environment almost and was around his mother constantly. Mm-hmm. That was the forefront of 
his experience. And so if I think Ed had was able to break away from that and then went to the internet and saw the age of social media, as you put it, where people are just bigging themselves up and trying to put on these personas. Yeah, I could see Ed developing a resentment towards the human race and to people in general, maybe especially women. Let's say he walked away, didn't kill his grandparents, but his mother left a sour taste in his fucking mouth. And then he goes on MySpace and sees all that. Yeah, he could have ended up being a misogynist or an incel or something like that. And to Sage's point, I think if this were the case, he'd start using social media and possibly, if we're going to put this out there further, dating apps to meet people to kill. You know, we haven't run into a serial killer that stalks victims or, or basically uses dating apps to kill. I mean, I'm sure there's been meetups where people have been killed, but there hasn't been a dating app serial killer. And I'm kind of shocked by that. I mean, there was the Craigslist killer. There was the Craigslist killer, but I think that's a very different thing. Yeah, he was picking up escorts. Right, right. And that's that's a different thing. And that goes back to the old trend that serial killers will go after the homeless and sex workers because there's not a lot of scrutiny on them and the police don't do as much for them. I, I just find that different than going on a dating app and going after your average non-sex worker. So I don't even know how any of that really works because I've never used modern dating apps, but I'd imagine they have some safeguards on them where that could get tracked pretty quickly. Well, the last one that I had familiarity with was Tinder, and that was 2016, and you had to link your Facebook to it. Now, I don't know if all dating apps are like that, and, and Facebook in general... Some Facebook, when you make a new Facebook account, it didn't used to be like this, but you can't just make one. You need to have a valid phone number that's not linked to any other Facebook. And then I've heard of Facebook requesting your photo ID if they think you have a a fake account. So I think it would definitely be a lot harder, but I don't know if these other places like Bumble or What's a dating app now? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think some, I don't know if they're like this or not, but I think it would be a good idea if they had a dating app that constantly had your like live location. So the issue with that, do you mean live location as in? So you don't get murdered. Yes, but I think that somebody could reverse engineer that and find out where you are and stalk you. Yeah, probably. Unless, I mean, it's one thing to be like, I'm from this city. But I, I think but if it has your... Ex- you know how Snapchat, if I don't have the little ghost thing on or off, it just shows where I am? Yeah, so Snapchat has the location feature, but you, you enable that for either your entire friends list or for certain people. You can use Snapchat without having that function on. Having a dating app that requires you to constantly have that on, I think that would be a scary thing for most people and understandably so. I don't know. I get where you're going with that. Maybe if it was you, your location sent to the company or you send your location, your location is logged somewhere when you mark you're going on a date with somebody you yeah, met on like there. That, that's what I mean. Which <clears throat> I could get more on board with that. But again, we also run into the issue. Okay, well, what about what about the people in the company? What would they do with that information? Could they abuse that data? 
You know what I mean? Since we've come up in an era where the NSA has been taking people's mm-hmm. nudes. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it would be a better idea than my friends having to take a screenshot of who they're with and their phone number and send it to me just in case. Yeah. So I've had people. <laughs> I had to do that. I've had people on their because uh, I have an iPhone turn on their location and let me know where they are and to check periodically because they're going far away for a date and just in case anything happens. I've had dudes do this too because you just don't know. I mean, I I guess it's helpful if you have a if you have a friend like that, obviously do that. If you're new in a town, obviously you don't have that and I can see why that would be scary for sure. I don't know. I think we're getting off topic. We we kind of are. So a little bit, but that what okay, so just to kind of bring it back into the same kind of time period, what if Ed found 4chan? Yeah, what if <laughs> Jesus. So 4chan is I feel like we could talk about 4chan for a very long time because 4chan, I'm not going to be one of those people that says a, a person on 4chan is this one particular archetype. Because if you do that, you are, you're grossly misunderstanding what was going on on there. And you could go on 4chan and not be a part of B. The potential for the worst people were on B. I was on B. Just random board. I was on B as well. Now, B sucks. B sucks every day. However, <laughs> B had so many different things going on. Yeah, B posted a lot of terrible stuff. Terrible, terrible things. However, B also was responsible for catching child predators and bringing them to justice. They'd get a lot of animal abusers, too. B exposed Scientology. They were one of the first people to do that. There is just... Like, you'd sign on B, and it'd be a bunch of gore threads. You'd sign on B, and it'd be a bunch of people trying to get revenge porn on their exes. You'd sign on B, and it's a bunch of people wanting to prank call different GameStops asking for Battletoads. But then you'd sign on B, and it's like we're going into the teen chat room, and we're going to try to catch some child predators. And there's some there's some notable people they got. They got Chris Forkan. That was a big one. There was a couple other people they got. So it was just this weird thing. And at a glance, these people are a bunch of terrible people. And yes, some of them were. Some of them weren't. But it seemed to change day by day. There was nothing I'd ever seen like it. So what Ed would have done with 4chan? God, I can... you. You can only speculate. I I feel like I can't even give an answer on that. You can't really because there's 4chan back when we played around on 4chan and there's 4chan now. There's the snacks era of 4chan when WT Snacks was a mod and then there was after he was removed and then there was when Moot was backing off a little bit and now there's post-Moot era. 4chan still exists, right? Yes. Yeah, there's still a board, which was weird because when Moot said he was getting done with it. Everything was supposed to shut down, but it still exists now, and I don't even know what goes on there now. I haven't checked it in so long. Yeah, it it started getting a little alt-right. I don't want to say a little. It's like the whole Kekistan thing started there. Oh, God. See, that's when... (laughs) When I was on 4chan, the political spectrum was either far-left anarchist or people who were just trolling because they were edgelords. It was it was a very clear difference. And sometimes it was both those people at the same time. Right. But yeah, I heard that there was some type of alt-right thing brewing up. But I thought that was in other chans, not specifically 4chan. But I'm not surprised to hear this. I did hear something about Kekistan, but I thought that was 
a meme or a joke that no, was made it up? Actually, was real. Unfortunately, oh, I'm God. sure it started as a joke, but the okay sign yeah. started as a way to troll the left, and then it became a real sign. Is it still a sign? I'm not sure it's still recognized as a sign anymore, but it was for a bit. This is arguably off topic because I don't think we can even speculate under reasonable certainty what Ed would have done with 4chan. Right. So I think kind of to sum it up, it depends on if you believe Ed or not. It also depends on which era of internet would have been more helpful. Would Reddit have been good to Ed? It depends on where he went. That's also true. Because <laughs> Yeah, because there's some, some people are just like, oh, Reddit's full of alt-right misogynists and other people I talk to think that Red's, Reddit's full of liberal cucks. It has everything. It just matters of where he would have went. The internet is so vast now that when we start getting into the Gen Z eras, if Ed was a Gen Zer, you just can't predict what would have happened. No. You just can't. But our eras, I think it's a little bit different. I agree that MySpace would have turned him off, but could he have found some type of hobby or maybe some type of support systems in the chat rooms of old or making websites? Maybe, provided that he, he wasn't a true psychopath. Do you think he would have had an Etsy page for his ceramic cups? <laughs> would Ed have had a Pinterest account? <laughs> you know, things like that. I hope so. Uh, I mean, what would Ed's Instagram have looked like? Oh is, is, is it a bunch of, you know, still shots of him looking stoic with that, that beautiful mustache? I think so. Would he have had a, a Tumblr? Would he have been one of those? I hope not. Yeah, but what kind of Tumblr would he have been? Would he have been one of those dudes with a, that's just pure porn? Would he have been? I don't even understand Tumblr. We're off topic again. <laughs> I, so the only people I know on Tumblr or I've seen on Tumblr, like Tumblr seemed to start with good intentions. Then it was like all porn and then it seemed to be loaded with Nazi. So I just I don't know anymore. I I don't understand it. Oh, what about Live Journal? So I had one. <laughs> so I did too. I feel when you're using Live Journal, most people who had positive experiences with that were middle school, high school, were whining a lot, had other friends that were whining a lot, and you just basically got passes on that. Looking back some of the things I said, I think people would have been like, dude, fuck out of here. Cut your fucking shit. Stop this. But everybody else was doing the same that everybody just kind of, if you want to talk shit about one person, then you'd have to, you know, ye who throws stones lives in glass hat or whatever it is. But I think that if Ed used live journal, it would have been an echo chamber for himself. I don't think he would have gotten into the community aspect of live journal. Not a ton of people did. I tried to and people were just mean. A lot of people were mean. But there were some decent groups on there, and I, I got linked up to really good music because what I was doing then was I'd go through people's live journal interests, and they would list their bands there, and that's how I'd find out new bands. So I did that for a bit, but I just feel like most people kind of isolated themselves with live journal. There were some communities that were absolutely toxic, absolutely fucking toxic, but yeah, I just don't see Ed benefiting from live journal. No. Okay, we could clearly go on and on. Maybe we should do an episode about social media and cultures throughout the ages. Yeah, but we should probably do that because if not, we're going to go crazy on this. Yeah, absolutely. So next questions are also another two-parter. Number four, 
is his painfully specific self-awareness and his willingness to be open about his thought process all a part of his game or is he genuine? I think it's definitely a part of his game. If this is a part of his game, what does he have to gain from being so transparent? So I think that Ed just really wants notoriety. He just really wants the attention. That's why he uh, got in with all those cops and everything. He just really wanted to be someone. We actually did an episode as well on this topic at Occulte Veritatis podcast. So check it out. Listen to The Misery Machine because it's super rad. And I love you so much. Bye. Number four is his painfully specific self-awareness and his willingness to be open about his thought process all a part of his game or is he genuine? And that's again something that none of us know. The problem is that sociopaths are really good liars because they learn to copy emotions and because they learn to copy emotions they don't have any hidden emotions that may give them away. And I think that Ed fits the definition of a sociopath. Of course, this is just my armchair psychology, so take it with a grain of salt. I don't think necessarily that someone being personal and forthright equals them being honest. I think that an accomplished liar would be able to replicate sounding forthright and open and willing to talk about their issues, even though the issues they're talking about aren't true. Now, th this again flips the coin. Do you believe Ed or not? Is he being open because he wants to understand himself and he generally wants to help the FBI understand uh, killers in the interviews? Or is he playing along and making stuff up? Because if he keeps on making stuff up, the FBI is going to keep on coming back to talk to him. I'm going to keep on giving him attention. And he, maybe he gets some kind of gratification from that. Some type of ego boost from that. So, again, do you believe Ed or not? Is I would land on the side of him being genuine. But it isn't like a 99-1. It's more like a 60-40 split on that. Follow up. If this is part of his game, what does he have to gain from being so transparent? Honestly, I think he likes being the center of attention. I think he has very attention-seeking behaviors. I think that he is open and is willing to talk, even to the point of harassing members of the FBI and other people to talk. I think that he enjoys the attention. He enjoys being the focus. He enjoys being in more crass terms, the bug under the microscope. Maybe it feeds his ego, maybe it makes him feel important that all these important people with years of experience are spending so much time on him picking his brain. I can see the appeal of that. Or, from another point, maybe he has genuine remorse. Maybe he has... maybe he is not totally emotionally blank. Maybe he regrets the things he's done genuinely, and he's doing this as a part to play back to society. Maybe he's doing this to make himself feel better. Or another option. Maybe he's being pragmatic. Maybe he doesn't necessarily feel regret, but he knows that if he helps the FBI by explaining what's in his head, he may be able to stop people like him in the future from killing other people. Maybe he's pragmatically choosing it. There's lots of different reasons that he could be playing along. Anyways, that's my spiel. Once again, I'm Ood Gallifrey from the Occulte Veritatis podcast. You can visit us at ovpod.ca, download our episodes, listen to our stuff. 
Thanks once again to the Misery Machine Podcast for asking for my opinion. That's what I have to say. If you disagree with me, feel free to write in at ovfeedback at gmail.com. Back to you guys. So I went into this with a completely different mindset. And after having this discussion, listening to what Sage and Ood had to say and kind of working it out with you, I have all these different perspectives now. Go on. So... I was of the mindset that Ed was just deep down just a good guy who made some mistakes and was abused and everything and was doing all of this just to atone for his sins. Yeah, so on my first run through with researching him, because I didn't know about him until you introduced me to him, that was my feeling too. But I think I've since swayed after, and I was already starting to lean this way after diving really deep into him and then just talking about this out loud and hearing these different perspectives has really kind of cemented me on it. So I've cemented down he's more into the attention-seeking type of personality, and that's why he's doing it. And I, I agree. What he has to gain from being so transparent is he just wants the fame. Yeah. He he gets to be scrutinized. Did, did was he ever consulted for Mindhunter? Do you know that? Did the actor consult Ed or did any of them? I don't know. I think that they just studied his interviews, but I could be wrong. And you know, anybody who's listening, correct me if I'm wrong yeah, on that. Because I feel like that's something Ed would leap at and be overjoyed to do. Yeah. I actually wonder if he's seen any of it and wonders how he thinks Cameron Britton did. Yeah, I I feel like he has to have seen it. It would shock me if he didn't. I mean, you think of all these serial killers and true crime. There's Some of them must, at this point, listen to their own episodes. They yeah. must. And I, I would think Ed is one of them. I mean, different institutions have different rules and stuff for media. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it's not uncommon to have internet access now. Right. Okay, so you feel he has to gain from being so transparent just the ability to allow in more people to scrutinize him and pay attention to him. Well, that and I think he likes to keep himself in the spotlight. Yeah, he's always up to something. He seems very active in prison. He's a model prisoner, and he's always up to whatever you can do in there. He's not just doing his bid. I want one of his cups. You want one of his cups? I really do. I'm sure that those can be ordered. I bet they're expensive. Probably. If he still makes them, I know old Ed's fallen on some uh, health problems. But I guess when we asked, is his painfully specific self-awareness and his willingness to be opened about his thought process a part of his game or is he genuine? I'm now inclined to say, well, maybe it's both. It's a part I mean, of it's a part of his game and to an extent he is genuine. I think but, he genuinely wants the attention. <laughs> well, yeah. I think there could be a sense of honesty there. Yeah, I I, I think I think the best way to be disarming is to be genuine. It's just now, all right, when is Ed being genuine and when he's and when is he not? What is he telling the truth about? And what is he stretching? And what's I'm, being fabricated? Right. And I'm fine with him being all honest. I I can buy that. Oh, my kitty's in here. Sorry, guys. But I'm fine with him being all honest and stuff like that. But I think that he is being aggressive with it to keep himself in that spotlight. Yeah. Oh, being willing to give interviews and things of that nature. When I thought of this, I thought more of not the fact that he's always asking for interviews or what have you, but how much detail he's willing to go into with people who, who interview him. That's what I meant. Right. Do you, do you think it's all made up or do you think there's a part of it that is genuine? Do you think when he says, I want to help somebody that has this urge 
and hasn't done it yet, I, I want them to get help. I want to be able to speak to them and, and so they can turn themselves around. Like, is that... I think it's genuine. I think his motivations might be a little wishy-washy. Yeah. Perhaps. Do I think he's lying about stuff? Maybe not. Maybe he does he stretch it and add some flowers? Probably. I would think that somebody, if he truly wanted people to be better or to get away from the urge to kill... That could be fueling some type of Christ complex, for lack of a better term, to feel larger than life. I mean, maybe he'll always have the urge to kill. I don't know. But what's interesting is that after he killed his mother, he figured that was it. And maybe that was because he thought it, it would be linked back to him. But he has never mentioned if his urge to kill stayed present with him. He almost talked about it like it went away after he killed his mother. Right. So I think that's exactly it. Yeah. So it's hard to say if he was somebody that had this urge to kill and now it's since gone away it died with his mother this changes a lot of things because then that falls into more the nurture side over the nature side and we kind of settled earlier on the fact that ed is quite possibly a sociopath there's all these contradicting things and it's just really hard to say what's what i don't know what what can we definitively say here about ed kemper if we were to sum him up to sum him up he is a very hard nut to crack yes (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And he, the sum of him is, we, oh, I don't even know. I'd, I don't even I'd know. say there is nature in there as well as nurture. Of I, course. And I would also say that there is a part of him that is definitely attention-seeking, a large part of him. I would say that maybe there is a part of him that is remorseful, and all these things kind of coexist. I think that you have hit the nail on the head. I hope so because really do because, because even even after saying this i feel like what i'm saying just is not entirely accurate and i think that speaks to the complicated person that ed kemper is yes exactly i think i went into this knowing exactly what i was going to say and what my thought processes were when we wrote the questions and now i think i've completely confused myself and i i'm going in five different directions and how i think he could be i feel as if if you're gonna study ed you either do one of two things. You make some concrete statement about him and kind of ignore or just gloss over other parts of him and, and just brush it off as, oh, well, he's a sociopath. It's all it's all a front. It's all made up. Or you do what we just did and feel like we're getting pulled in five different directions and feel like we could say a million things about him. Now, I will say that if you firmly believe he is completely a sociopathic killer or a psychopath or what have you and he's lying about everything the mother shit's made up all of that if if you firmly believe that then absolutely you have a right to say that it's a it's a fair conclusion if that's what you believe but i i think it's really hard to definitively say that i think it's a little more complicated than that so I want to give a huge thank you to Sage and Ood from Occulte Veritatis. Yes, thank you so much. For taking time out of their busy schedule. I know they're very, very busy um, with their lives and with their show. So you should definitely check them out. They're one of the first more, I can't really say local because they're in Canada, but one of the first true crime or odd casts that I listened to that weren't on some huge network like last podcast or when I used to listen right. to Sword and Scale type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And one of the first groups of folks that podcast that I like connected to like on a personal level. So they are awesome. You should definitely check them out. I also want to say that I can't believe we just did two major episodes in a week. 
because we just released the first Ed Kemper episode on Monday, and then we released this one. I mean, you're hearing this on Wednesday. It's now Tuesday that we're finishing this up. I don't think we've done this much work in a while, so I'm very happy that we Me too. got to do I can't do believe this. we got it done. Yeah, and now we're probably going to start on the next one. Yeah, so we'd have our episode for Monday. Right. And if anyone else is interested in guesting on The Misery Machine, please send us an email, miserymachinepodcast at gmail.com. We can discuss it. Obviously, if you subscribe to us on Patreon, you will get priority. And with that said, I think it's okay for me to leak this. We're going to be doing one with Eddie very, very soon. Yes, did we say that? We already said that it's Jeffrey Dahmer. Did we say it's Dahmer? Yeah, I think we did. Okay, well, if we didn't, then now you know we're doing Jeffrey Dahmer with Eddie. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, we need to figure out the logistics. I need to get the notes fully together i had started some the other day and they were just too long and i need to figure out a better way to pare it down but he's going to have some insight for us that we would not have so that is going to be fabulous Yeah, eddie being local to the area has done so much research and i am so excited for this yeah I think- he sent us a bunch of cool pictures and stuff of the old bar that Dahmer hung out on on our discord yeah, I think that um, I mean, you can join our Discord, too, if you become one of our Patreon subscribers. But <laughs> I, I'm i so excited for this because I feel like we're going to do a Dahmer episode that goes places that other true crime podcasts haven't gone into. I think so, too. And that really excites me. So that's what's in the future. I have one that's going to be in the future. Oh. So my friend Shannon is going to potentially be guesting on our episode won't say what the topic is but yes okay it's going to be a really like long interview so i'm very excited for that yes i'm excited for this too and again not gonna give hints on the topic but i've known people in my younger years with quite a lot of experience on the topic and i'm excited for this one when it comes together yeah so give us a five-star review and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. we will shout you out and if you're listening on youtube hit the like and subscribe button yes and join our facebook community yes and join our facebook group we post there pretty frequently and you can make episode requests yeah you'll find out what the episode is ahead of time yeah exactly facebook group yeah you won't the no surprises you'll get you'll get to know and know pretty early on so bonuses yeah until next week you got anything else i don't all right bye, bye.